I'm Jillian Dalberry, your fellow business friend and your host of the Gracefield CEO Podcast. When you tune in with me every other week, you will get practical steps in growing your business gracefully while juggling all the other amazing or challenging things going on in your life. I believe in building deep connections, building your business on strong values, serving our clients really well, and approaching boundaries and conflict in our business with a whole lot of grace. If you are ready to grow your business your way with ease, stick with me, friend. It's time to be a Gracefield CEO. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Gracefield CEO podcast. Today, I have an awesome guest. Her name is Mara Kusarik, and she is an online course expert who helps creative entrepreneurs design and launch profitable online courses and digital products. Hey, Mara, how are you? I'm doing so good, and I'm excited to be on the podcast. I've listened to so many of your podcast episodes. I was actually just listening to the boundaries episode a couple mm. recently because <laughs> it's something I am forever working on in business. And I'm sure we'll touch on this at some point, but I am currently pregnant. So I'm having to uphold a little more boundaries. No one's forcing me not to have them, but just personally, <laughs> I have to accept that I need a little more space in this season of life of being almost nine months pregnant. Yes. Well, people can't see you because they will only hear you, but you look amazing by the way. Like you don't look pregnant at all. And when I was pregnant, it, everything was just swollen all the time. I was so. expecting that to happen, honestly, because that's how my mom said it was for her. And then I've had this, um, wonderful like pregnancy where I don't look pregnant from like shoulders up at all. I've had lots of clients be like, wait, are you actually pregnant? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'll show you the bump. It's, it's kind of long now that I'm like nine months old. Well, that's awesome though. I'm really, I've always been jealous of people like that. So I'm happy for you. <laughs> that's been your experience. Um, and yes, the boundaries episode is very, very strong. I'll make sure that I link that here so other people can refer back to it. But there's not there's something like there's nothing like kids coming into your life or having children that makes you reevaluate what kind of boundaries you need to put into place. And so I love that you've been listening to that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, today we're going to talk about how a VA can like support the course creation process and how they can support the business owner who has a course-based business. Um, specifically in the areas that CEOs maybe don't realize that they can help. I think that's something that I hear a lot is, yes, I have a VA. They're good at what they do. I'm really enjoying working with them, but I don't think I'm giving them as much as I could be. And, or they say, you know, I have a VA and you know, I need them to find the work or I need them to figure out what, what needs to happen. And I don't always have the time to delegate everything or think that through. So I, if you're a VA listening to this, I want you to take this and hear it as, Hey, these are things that you can do for your client to support them and skyrocket your value, make them feel super well-served. And then if you are a CEO, I want you to hear these tactics and these resources to share with your VA and say, Hey, I listened to this podcast episode and I feel like this could be really helpful in streamlining things. Would you be willing to own this and take it over? Because I think that that is also a big piece is not just like learning what's possible, but taking the next step in leading your team well. So we're going to kind of jump in, into this. Why, um, Mara, do, why do you feel like course creation and a course-based business is so valuable and important to online business owners? This is such a good question. And it's super timely right now for if you're feeling any stress about the economy and money, which is something I've heard so many business owners and have felt myself in the season of life of money just feels weird right now. And things are shifting in everyone's businesses where maybe you're not working as much with one-on-one -on -one clients. And a course is a really great way to give people an accessible opportunity to you where you can help them. And it doesn't have to have this huge high ticket price. It's also a really good way. If you're booked out in business, I see most business owners reach this point where they're an amazing service provider, but they can't help more people. And it's really frustrating to tell people no. And an online course is a way that you don't have to tell people no, you don't have to put them on the wait list. You can just serve them and meet them where they're at 
without like all of at these additional one-on-one -on -one services. And some people learn better from courses anyway. Like there's probably a huge portion of your audience that one-on-one -on -one services is just not the right fit for them. There's some people where that feels personal, that can feel really weird, but an online course is how they want to learn from you and you don't have that yet. Yeah, I have seen that a lot too. I think touching on the economy piece and how people are responding to that is huge because I've seen in my clients' businesses as like an operational integrator, a team leader, a team manager, coaching VAs, like I have seen people be really impacted by like the drop of the one-to-one -one and people just not feeling as comfortable investing such a higher ticket. So to create something where they're basically bottling up their genius and all of their skills and all of their talents, and they're giving a piece of themselves and a piece of that experience to more people. I feel like that's such a powerful shift in things. And obviously like moving into this season of the economy, there, it, there are so many different ways to adapt and creative problem solve. But I love this idea of courses. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the clients that you've worked with who Ha are kind of like in that mindset too, where maybe they have sat on their course idea for a while and they've considered doing it, but they maybe haven't moved in that direction. And maybe they're like ready to move because of the way the economy has impacted their finances or something like that. Tell us about those people. I want to hear about how their mindset is shifting. Yeah. So I have two examples of courses I've worked on recently for clients that come to mind. The first one is a food blogger. So food bloggers usually get most of their money from sponsorships and ads and advertising is still doing pretty well right now. That's something even like during 2020, during the pandemic of everyone thought we all weren't going to make money. And then we were all on the internet for like an entire year straight. <laughs> yeah. So us in online business, we're like, yes, yes <laughs> it's our exactly. time to shine. Exactly. But what is happening is a lot of these large sponsorships, so these large companies that come in and pay a food blogger to create a recipe or create content, they're pulling out of sponsorships. I had a client recently and 50% of her income was gone overnight for the rest wow. of the year because her sponsorships were canceled just because the company was reacting to the economy. It wasn't anything to do with her content or anything like that. It just was all of these companies are feeling fear that trickles down to them pulling a sponsorship contract. So we pivoted and she had a little mini workshop and we made it into a full-blown course about photography for food bloggers which is something her audience has been asking her about forever of how do you shoot photos that have like good lighting that look good this is going to sound weird but shooting food which i am not a chef by the way so i don't know a ton of stuff about this but i helped her with her course so i saw the inside of it all Shooting food is really hard. You have to make it look good. You have to like get the perfect shot where someone took a bite out of it. But most of us don't have like cute bites we take when we eat food. <laughs> so there's so much to learn. So over the summer, she pivoted. And instead of doing a lot of that sponsorship work, she's helping other bloggers, which is something people had asked for for years. And it's a lower ticket offer than if you did one-on-one -on -one coaching with her, which she has offered one-on-one -on -one coaching for photography for years, but it's super expensive because her time is expensive and learning photography is expensive. So now people can buy the course. They learn how to take the right photos. They also learn how to pitch sponsors. And like she added a module recently about those sponsorships falling off. Not all of them fell off for her, but some of them. And so she added a module in there about like what you can do to pitch sponsors in this season of life. And that has been super popular. We've gotten a lot of emails where people are like, thank you for this lesson about like touching base with sponsorships so they don't fall off or looking for sponsors who are in different niches who maybe aren't as impacted by the economy. The other client that comes to mind, she has a course about newborn sleep. And prior to having the course, she was just working one-on-one -on -one with clients, so helping moms who are super frustrated because they're not sleeping through the night because they have this beautiful baby who is keeping them up all night. And so does she that was, keep, Does that feel close to home? It feels very <laughs> close to home. It was so funny because we were working on this course right when I'm like walking through this season of pregnancy, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I can learn all of the things for her course. <laughs> yeah. 
But she originally never had a course. She just did the one-on-one consulting and she had a crazy long wait list and newborn sleep is one of those things where it's not going to be a problem forever. So people don't want to wait six months. That's not helpful to someone. They need help like in the moment. And it's been really cool because we've seen people purchase her course overnight and clearly they purchased it at like one in the morning when their baby was not sleeping. They implemented a few things. And in the morning she had a message that was like, I took your course last night and I was able to sleep just by doing the first module. And like, that has been so cool to see how that serves people. Sometimes with courses, it can feel a little greedy. And I don't think most people make their course to be greedy, but that's a mindset issue. I see most of us have, and you can really reframe that of like, it's not, greedy to help people when they need it. And you might be missing a huge chunk of people that need help right now. Like if she only offered one-on-one coaching still, she wouldn't be able to help those moms in the middle of the night who click the purchase button and like do the checkout at one in the morning. And then they're able to implement some of the stuff right away. Can you go into that a little bit more, the greedy mindset issue there? Because I want to hear more about like where a, I guess an average of like what you've seen in people as they're building a course and like where they're struggling with it, with the idea of it. Yeah. So I, every single person I've ever worked on an online course for every single one has had mindset hangups. We all get them as business owners and sometimes they have different flavors, but they usually follow the same themes. The first big one is this feeling of greediness, which can come up for a lot of people if you've been serving people one-to-one that creating a course is somehow greedy or it makes you less humble or it's a money grab. And I think that comes from, we do sometimes on social media see people who are probably doing that. I don't personally know a lot of those people, but we've seen like the click funnel bros and like the courses that are just like, make a million dollars tomorrow. And you know, it's just not accurate there's one floating around there right now that I was talking to a friend about the other day. And we just said, it feels so icky, but you know, it's icky. Like people can spot the ickiness from a mile away. So exactly. But I think they can also spot the authenticity from a mile away. Yes. I I love that because most small business owners, you don't even need to worry about becoming that greedy, icky person. But I see a lot of people hold off on creating a course because it's been role modeled to them that that's who they're going to become. And it's not true. It's not what happens. The other mindset thing I see all the time is people think they're not enough of an expert. That's something every single person always feels. I've had clients who they have a smaller audience, maybe 500 people, but they've done something really cool. Like they've written a cookbook and it's something that would be really valuable for people to learn. They feel that I have also had clients who have like hundreds of thousands of people on their email list. And they still tell me, I don't know enough. I haven't done enough to create a course about this. And it's just like, what are you talking about? You've literally been interviewed by Forbes and you still think you can't create a course. So everyone feels that of I'm not the expert and no one, like if you want to become a lawyer or a teacher or a dentist, no one is like, you can't do that. Too many people are already doing that. But for some reason in the online course world, we feel like either we don't know enough or there's already a course that exists about the same topic, which newsflash, there's a course that exists about every topic ever. And it's okay. It's okay. You will teach in a different way. You will do it in a way that'll resonate with different people. I always tell people there's space for you, but a lot of people get freaked out about, oh my gosh, but there's someone else that's technically teaching something kind of related. I'm not allowed to have a course about it. Right. And you can, you absolutely can have a course and make it your own. I think those mindset issues are so powerful to like bring light to, not just from like a business owner standpoint and the person creating the course and sharing their knowledge and expertise, but like for the team who's supporting that person, for them to see that. One thing, this is like a a personal thing, but when when I become friends with someone or in my friendships, I always tell them, you have permission to speak truth to me. And that is a very humbling thing to say, because sometimes I can like really get in my head or really 
be far off in like what's true versus what's feeling or what's fact versus what's feeling. And, but giving someone permission, like your VA to say, Hey, I'm seeing a mindset issue here. So I want to challenge it a little bit and not discount it because I understand, I want to affirm it. I understand that that's something that you feel, but like, let's look at the facts. The facts are that people are coming to you for this particular thing. People are asking you to teach on this particular thing. They respond well to it. They want more of it. They need it in their lives. And we're also looking at testimonials, case studies, like these people have been impacted. That's fact. So I think it's important to, from both sides of the fence, from the CEO and the VA side to see, hey, like we can speak truth to each other and kind of open that door. And that will ultimately like build trust team wise as well and keep you from getting stuck and hung up in those mindset areas as well. So kind of moving into that, do you feel like if a business owner is creating a course, do you feel like they have to have a VA? Do you feel like that's like absolutely necessary? Like what's your stance on that? I do not think you have to have a VA. I think it's so helpful though. So you can absolutely <laughs> create your course yourself. It happens all the time. That's not something that's impossible. And for some people that's the right option, but what happens most of the time, and I get like emails or this comes up on discovery calls with clients all the time where they have had a course idea for years. Like sometimes it's literally five or 10 years and they just cannot get it done because they are busy running an entire business. <laughs> and I just want to validate and normalize that it is pretty challenging to create a course when you're already running a business. I've seen people like go to a hotel and block off time and make their course or get really creative, but having support is so helpful. It gets it done so much faster. Usually your course is better. So my take is you can absolutely do it on your own. It's so much easier though, if you have support and it'll probably get done a lot sooner, which means you get to serve people a lot sooner and you get to make a little more money, which is, you know, a good thing too. Yeah. I feel like a course just feels like a big project, <laughs> like from start to finish all the details. A lot of us don't know where to start with it and how it works and what programs to use. And you provide a lot of resources in that area on your blog, on your podcast. I know you're coming up with a template shop and all these things. So anyone who's considering that and feels like they don't know where to start, you need to check out Mara's world, <laughs> her website, her Instagram, her podcast, all the things. Um, so what are some things that a VA could do to support you? Because the, another piece of this is yes, people have, some people have VAs, but like they may not know what they could even delegate to a VA in terms of how to support them in the course. Yeah. And there, I'm about to give you a very long list because there are so many things that people don't think about that AVA can help you do. I also want to highlight, it doesn't have to be like this magical, special new VA. So many of these tasks are things anyone can do. And especially if it's someone who is already working in your business, they know your business well, they know your heart. So many of these things I talk about are going to be very easy because a lot of it involves knowing what you're like as an educator. Mm. So oh, I love it, that. I, sorry, I want to interrupt you on that before you give us the long list, because that is such an important thing. When you have a VA, sometimes that that even keeps us from like finding someone to help because we're like, okay, well, we need someone who knows this or who has experience in this. But I will tell you what I tell people is the skill itself is 30% of the problem. <laughs> the other 70% is the actual person and their ability to learn you and serve you in your business, how you need to be served and like learn you as a person. So yes, I agree with you. I feel like there's a lot of these things might feel specialized only because they are a part of course creation, but anybody could do them. Okay. Give us your list. So one of the big things is brainstorming and talking through curriculum. Most people mm -hmm. get completely stuck here. This is why they never start working on their course because they know they want to have a course about a certain topic and then breaking that down into like an actual curriculum and lesson plan is 
so overwhelming. People get stuck. So just having a meeting with your VA where you brainstorm back and forth and you both bring things to the table of like, what does this course absolutely need to include? What are some things it maybe doesn't want to include? And that's a warning I want to give people of do not include every single thing under the sun in your course. You will overwhelm people. People are buying the shortcut. They don't want to know everything. I know that sounds backwards and weird, but they want the shortcut to get where they want to go as fast as possible. So just having a VA brainstorm with you is so helpful. And you can even do something where you write up a lesson plan and then have them go through it and see what you missed. Because there's probably things that people are emailing you about, comments people are leaving on social media or blog posts that people are asking questions about the topic of your course and you totally forgot to even put it in your course. So have your VA go through, brainstorm, kind of piggyback off of one another as you're creating that initial curriculum. Another. Yeah, another big one is if you are the type of person, which we're about to get into recording videos in online courses, and this is super overwhelming to a lot of people. Being on video is intimidating. It's scary. It involves a lot of like talking and not messing up. So a lot of people get stuck on the video portion. If you're someone who likes having scripts, which some people can record online course lessons without scripts. They're amazing. They're fantastic. Some people really need a script. Otherwise, they go off track. It gets crazy. But you can have a VA help you outline scripts, even if it's bullet points or proofreading your script or just figuring out what you're going to say in the video. Because for most people, writing the entire script and then recording it is completely unrealistic and very time consuming. And you're not going to see things that you don't see as yourself. Sometimes on my own podcast, I'll like write a script for something and I'll have my assistant check it. And she's like, okay, you talked about this thing. And then you never mentioned this huge other part of it that everyone's asking about. You should add that in. So having someone double checking all of that and making it a really collaborative process is so valuable. And then going into, so the one thing a VA can't really help you out with too much is recording the videos, which you don't have to have videos in your course. I always tell people that because some people get very overwhelmed. Not every course has to have videos, but say you do have videos in your course, having your VA go through and do a few things for you. One, watch the videos because watching yourself is awkward and terrible. And most of us, if we record 20 videos for a course, we will procrastinate ever going back through and watching them and just making sure what did you say that needs to be linked in the description because you probably mentioned stuff that needs to be linked in the course. Are the videos too long? Do they need to be edited out? You as a course creator are going to feel so much better if someone is there telling you like, hey, your kid was in the background at this part, let's edit it out. Or your dog barked at this part. And a lot of that stuff isn't a big deal in a course, but having someone look out for you and just have your back to make this course as good as possible. And then to also know that there's nothing weird in the course that you didn't want there is very helpful. So video editing usually courses, it's very light video editing. So you don't need like Steven Spielberg over here editing <laughs> your course. You just might need someone who is editing out maybe some extra ums or making sure everything looks good and then uploading the videos. This is like a huge time consuming task that is so easy to do, but as the business owner, it's kind of difficult. And it's literally just going into your online course software naming the lessons, whatever the name needs to be, uploading the video, which is going to take a little bit to make sure it uploads correctly, it's processed, you know, all of those things where we try to upload videos and then we come back an hour later and it never worked. Having someone who is just owning that is so valuable. And then you can focus on the sales, the sales pages, everything else coming down the pipeline while they're laying out the curriculum. I also used to be a middle school teacher, so I'm a big fan of your course needs to be more than just videos. It should adapt to every learning style. So these are some things people forget about. Um, every video should have a transcript, which is something your VA can handle either ordering transcripts, using some sort of AI tool, and then going through the transcript to make sure it didn't spell your last name wrong. My last name is Kisarek, so I get 
all sorts of insane things when I run things through AI where oh, it's yeah. spelled, yeah, it's spelled wrong. It'll say weird things, but students find transcripts so helpful. I don't know if you ever do this, but sometimes I take a course and sometimes I'm feeling kind of lazy and I just read the transcript of the video. I don't even watch the thing, but so many course creators forget, like you need them for accessibility. Some people just learn better that way. Sometimes you'll say something like a product or a link in the video and people be like, what did she say? And they go look for a transcript. It's also really helpful if your course is, for example, in English and people are taking it that English isn't their first language. That's something that happens all the time in the world today. And people forget, oh, I should make my course accessible for people that maybe aren't used to speaking English or can't listen to like a million words a mile. So a VA can help you with transcripts, video descriptions underneath your videos, like sharing what the video is talking about. And then the other big thing kind of related to uploading your course is making worksheets and resources. People love a checklist. People love them so much. So making a checklist that they can download to go with the lesson or a worksheet that goes with it or any other supplemental support, like your VA can be your teacher's aide that is figuring out, okay, you made the video, but we also need this, this, and this here. So that way people can actually take action on the lesson. Oh, I love that. What if somebody feels like, like what if a VA comes back? What are some tools here? I'm looking for tools. What if a VA comes back and says, I don't know what the checklist should be. Like, what are some bridging the gap techniques that we can as CEOs can like kind of guide our VAs to like consume the content and then turn it around and like condense it into the things that you're talking about, like summaries and worksheets and stuff. Yeah. And I love that you highlighted consuming the content because in order to be an incredible VA for a course creator, you should actually consume the course. You shouldn't be uploading the videos and then you never watch them. I'm not saying watch them 10 times because that's time consuming and that's not necessarily what you need to do. But I have seen people who have come to me either as like a strategy call or to help them upload their course because they had a bad experience with a VA. And the thing was the VA was just trying to do it as fast as possible, not checking things. So the first thing is, understand the course lessons, take the lessons. If you're a VA who ever does customer service or you create social media graphics or write emails, it is going to be so valuable that you know exactly what is inside the course and where it is to your client. So some of the tools you can use, I always recommend like AI generated transcripts. I do that all the time for clients where I will go through, highlight anything they said in the video, especially like look for step-by-step -step processes and then turn that into a checklist. Or if they have like reflective questions they're talking about in the video, this comes up a lot. If there's a course that's talking about choosing something like a business course about how to choose your niche or a business course about how to choose your services, usually there's some sort of reflection piece that people are going to talk about, about like figuring out what you like, figuring out what you don't like. And all of that stuff makes a great worksheet. So anything that's like a question they're asking in their course or things a, like student might want to write down. Personally, I don't think you can go overboard on this stuff. And I think it's better to come up with more ideas than you probably need. And the course creator can delete them out. There's also tons of templates on Canva, by the way, for this stuff, like just search online course worksheet or just search worksheet in general and pretend you're like a middle school English teacher. And there'll be a ton of ideas for different resources you can add. Okay. I love that. I love that. So, um, what about like any type of email support or customer service? Like where does, can a VA help with any of those things? Yes, absolutely. And so there's two types of support, really. There's getting the course launched, which is huge and amazing. And then there's maintaining the course, which sometimes people don't realize takes time. Courses aren't like this magical thing where people buy them and then they go away. They become students who still need support and they need help. And as a business owner, it can be very unmanageable because if you have a course, you might be having hundreds of people 
come into your world and all of a sudden they have this line to you and you have to figure out what your boundaries are, how to serve them. And so there's so much a VA can help out with here. Uh, the first one, big, the first big one, just customer service in general, there's going to be people asking about your course that have not purchased yet. And so having a VA who can respond when people are like, when are the coaching calls? Can I buy this if I'm in this country? What's the payment plan like? Like all of those questions you're going to start getting. And a VA is a great person to just have templates of how to respond. They also usually can respond a little faster than you can as a CEO. And that's serving people better. Because if people are asking something specific about your course, they're probably ready to buy. And if you wait on that like two to three days, Sometimes you lose them and sometimes you accidentally show them that, oh, if they join the course, it's going to be hard to have access to you, which is maybe not true and not what you wanted to show them, but that's what people will see when that's role modeled. Another thing with email, and this is kind of a juicy one that I want all CEOs to know, is you can have a VA handle your refunds. A lot of business owners' refunds don't feel great. And you don't have to offer refunds in your online course. That could be a whole separate conversation about should it be a course where there's no refunds. And then a lot of people have probably seen where you do a 14-day refund or a 30-day refund. And it feels not the best when someone asks for a refund and it was your course, which, by the way, is going to happen no matter what. You could have the world's most amazing course in the world and people, not everyone, but there are going to be people who ask for a refund. There are going to be people at some point who purchase. They don't look at a single lesson inside of your course and they ask for a refund. That's going to happen. And having a VA help you out with that neutralizes it. You don't have to take that all on as a business owner. For a lot of my clients, we just report statistics of refunds. We don't necessarily dive them in with every refund because you're going to get you're also going to get some weird stuff where people are telling you their personal life story. They're telling you about their finances. And like sometimes it's really challenging to uphold the refund policy and figure out what your boundaries around that are. But a VA can help out with that. And I know that might seem like scary or overwhelming of how can someone else serve these people. But I've seen it work very, very well, if not better, to have like this neutral third party that's there to help support the people asking for a refund and sometimes being kind of strict and saying, hey, this is our refund policy. It was on the sales page. It's on the checkout page. When you click buy, it's on this other page and you purchased this course four months ago. <laughs> so we can't offer a refund. I agree with that. I think that as the business owner, the course creator, if you will, I think we can be emotionally invested in our content too and what we've built. So it's really nice to have a buffer there and somebody who isn't as emotionally invested. Um, but on the contrary to that, I think it's also helpful to have someone else because, because your stance of like, I created this, I know how impactful it is. And having to provide refunds is sometimes a painful thing too, or maybe we don't always see the opportunities of ways that that could serve the person better. Like for an example, I'm, th I'm thinking about a, about a very specific situation. So like um, I have a client who has a course about birth and if someone purchases the course and then they have a miscarriage or they don't, they aren't actually able to have the child in the way that the course is instructing them to, or it, it's, it's kind of a messy, um, very heart led situation. And so sometimes it can help to not be the only one making that decision and to have someone like in your corner that you can collaborate with and brainstorm with and be like, how can we best serve this person? Because I think sometimes one, we can, if we're the only one working in our business, we can miss opportunities to serve people really well because sometimes our brains are so overloaded. We don't see those opportunities, but also it's just good to have someone else's perspective to say, Hey, I, I understand that you, because as a CEO, you could go either direction. You could want to give everybody a refund and be too giving in that way, or you could not want to give anybody a refund. And maybe you need to put some more policies in place to support either of those. But I definitely feel like the collaboration piece is the foundational 
element that helps you feel like there's a buffer between you and all those people and the hard conversations that need to be had too. Yeah. And there's going to be hard conversations, which I don't want to scare anyone off of having a course because some of this stuff sounds really scary of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to deal with refunds or the other big customer service area that comes up a lot with online courses are payment plans and payment Mm -hmm. plans are amazing to offer. They can serve people in a lot of ways, but also sometimes people fall off and you're going to have to decide what do you do? Do you send follow-up emails? Do you let it go? And being able to talk about that stuff is really helpful because there's going to be times where Like in your example, the person's walking through something really hard and maybe the best thing to do is you do give them a refund and you send them flowers or something because they're in a really crazy life situation. And then you're also going to get people who just really grind your gears because they buy the course and they haven't looked at it at all and they complain and are like very confrontational and they have nothing going on in their life and you want to help them and you're like just look at the first lesson it answers your question but there will be people where you just have to go with it and see if it's the right decision of does this person need to still take up energy in your world or not honestly that's a online business conundrum. (laughs) It's just, it's not, it's not only related to course creation. It's just like all of it, you know? And I think too, as if you're serving people online, like you have to have hard conversations regardless. And I think sometimes it's easier to do it in a customer support way in email versus like having to be face to face and deliver some feedback or something like that. So I'm with you. I don't want people to be scared of that either, but I love that we can like also collaborate with our virtual assistant and say, Hey, could you help me troubleshoot this? What is your opinion on this? What do you think we should do? Um, Also really points to making sure that you have the right person in that seat because you want them to understand how you as a person would want that handled um, and make sure that they hold true to the values of your business too. Yeah. And with refunds, it's not always to just saying, okay, they emailed in refund granted. That kind of depends on how you want to handle it. But for a lot of clients I've worked with, we set up a system where people email in or they fill out a form about the refund. And then the VA just does a really quick check-in. They look at the back end of the course to see what lessons they have looked at. And then they just say, hey, We noticed you asked for a refund. We're more than willing to grant that. But before you go, did you see this lesson on X thing? I think it might really help you out. And it's amazing how many people will say, oh, wait, no, I didn't. And I'm so surprised that someone actually is responding to this. I have one client who her VA sends Loom videos when someone asks for a refund. And it's super non-confrontational, but she'll just send them a video that says, hey, I noticed on your onboarding questionnaire, you were asking about bookkeeping services. And that is why you joined this course was to learn about this. But I've noticed you didn't see this lesson. (laughs) And so here's where it is. Here's where you can find it. Here's where you can download the audio. And that can really serve people because sometimes they just didn't see where the answer to their question was. And it's like right smack dab in the middle of your course. And they just didn't find it. I love that idea. The loom video. That is so smart. I I think loom videos are underutilized in communication. I, I obviously I use them a lot in building SOPs and record, we record ourselves doing things to teach other people things, but I think there is a lost art in kind of bringing that face-to-face response back into only working with people online. So I love that idea. I want to dig into, because we talked about ways that a VA can help, right? But if a VA is like, oh yeah, I'm already doing those things for my client. Or if a client's like, my VA can do those things, no problem. Like what can a VA do to kind of like up the ante and like, serve, go the extra mile, you know, to serve their business owner in like the course creation and maintenance area. I love this question because people love, love, love when you bring ideas to the table. I think a lot of VAs are 
scared to do that, but CEOs are like floored and amazed. And it shows them that you care so much when you bring an idea to the table around like, Hey, I have an idea to make the course better, or I have an idea to help you make more money. Those are two big things. Yeah. I'm listening. (laughs) Yes. CEOs want to hear. So think about ways you can make the online course better. And some really simple ways you can do that are looking at the course statistics inside of the course software. So nearly every online course software, like I'm talking Kartra, Kajabi, Thrivecart, Teachable, whatever you use, there's a million of them, has a bunch of statistics about what lessons are people watching. And that can be really valuable if you can say, hey, CEO, I've noticed on lesson three, 90% of the people stop watching 10 minutes into the video. And that might be a clue of like, oh, maybe we should change something. You can also be looking at comments and seeing what are the common questions people are asking. And they're asking over and over again. And can you just create a new bonus or a new resource? And that's super valuable because then that can go on the sales page. That can be used to hype up the course to other people. And it also really serves the current students. So keeping a pulse on the students inside of the course and just kind of seeing what are you getting emails about, looking at those stats. A lot of CEOs don't have time to look at that stuff. So they're amazed when you use data to be like, hey, in the last month, we've had 10 questions about this lesson and people have loved this lesson, but they're asking for another piece. Can we add that in or can I make a worksheet about it or what can we do to serve these people? I love that you're touching on that. I would almost like if there's a VA listening to this, I would almost say create a task for yourself that like once every other month you pop into this, you gather some data, you just do a little mini evaluation. It does not have to take you long at all. And you just see if, of where the gaps are. What else can we do to serve these people better? I mean, like I love I feel like they could even like ask themselves that look at the data, look at, look at all of the different elements of the course and say, okay, what could be better and what could make more money? And if you bring up a solved problem or a solution to the table, your CEO may say, mm, that's not the right thing, but at least you brought it. And that still is like building that trust with the CEO. I think that that's super valuable. Yeah. And two other super quick, easy wins, which I'm with you. I just recommend putting this in the project manager, like do it yourself. No one's going to be mad if you make a task for yourself to check in. Um, But two things you can do is test the checkout page once a month. And that sounds weird. If like, we already set it up. Why do you need to test it, Mara? Because things break all the time. And I can't tell you the (laughs) amount of CEOs who at some point realize their sales page like broke and the purchase button doesn't even work or you click checkout, people buy, and then they never get like a welcome email or they never get the email about logging into the course and no one told you. And that might be part of the reason you're getting refund requests. So testing things, it takes like two minutes most of the time. And then if you don't find anything, you're good. If you find something, you can bring it up and get a little bit of credit at a meeting of like, hey, I noticed on the sales page, the timer is wrong, or we're using really outdated headshots. CEOs like love that when you keep a pulse on things like, hey, on the sales page, we said your daughter's three and now she's seven. We should update that because in your own business, it's really hard to remember to all of those places where you like put personal details or you set a specific date and now that date has gone past. So checking in on all of that And then the other thing that people love, 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 they will be so appreciative if you do this, managing and keeping testimonials very organized. So any emails you get, screenshot, putting them in a folder, DMs on Instagram, anything like that, because CEOs aren't always great at keeping track of that stuff. I actually, in my own business, have just started like a better testimonial process because sometimes people will tell me they like something that I created. And I didn't have a folder for them, but if you can make a folder and so then that way, when there's a sale or a promotion or you're updating the sales page and you can just say, Hey, here's all of the great stuff people have said about this course. And I've organized it for you. It's right here. Oh my gosh. People go crazy for that. And also sometimes you can just send it to your CEO when they're struggling with mindset issues and just being like, Hey, in case you need something for your smile file, this person said this about the course. So save it and bookmark it. (laughs) 
All right, I need that like trademarked right there. <laughs> Smile file. I love it so much. That's that's really awesome. I love those tips. Mara, you've shared so much valuable information. I know that you help people build courses, but I feel like one thing I have loved about getting to know you is that you don't hold anything back. Like you don't try to get everyone to work with you. You're more in, in terms of like, I'm the expert, you have to use me. You give so much information to people and valuable things um, for free. And you do that through so many different ways and mediums and long form forms of content. And I'm just so, I, I love that. I admire that about you. And I've so enjoyed getting to know you over this past couple months too, because we've connected on multiple things, but I want to hear, I know you're in a new season. You're about to be a new mom and you are still running your business and you're going to be taking a maternity leave. In what ways are you giving yourself grace? And this could be in business and in life. Um, I want to hear about how you're processing this new season through that lens. I feel like this question was designed for me in this season of life <laughs> because it is something I have had to learn so much. So currently I am almost nine months pregnant. I'm getting ready to go on maternity leave. And there are so many things I want to do in my business. Like the original list of things Mara wants to accomplish before having a baby was crazy long. And I am now in a season of just things have to get crossed off. And I did accomplish a lot over the summer, but I've had to really give myself grace that it's okay to say no to things right now. Like I've been saying no to a lot of speaking things because I'm going to have a newborn. I don't think I'm going to want to leave the house or even like be on camera necessarily in those first few months. And that is hard for me when someone wants you to talk at a really cool summit or be on a podcast, but they want it in like October when I'm going to have a newborn. So I've been saying no to a lot of things and then also giving myself a lot of grace that it's okay for things to be imperfect in my business right now. There's some things I thought I would have done before maternity leave. Like I had very grandiose plans that all of my social media was going to be scheduled. I was going to have like reels and posts every day that has not happened. And I think the plan <laughs> will be, I will post when I feel like it and it'll be okay. And people know that I had a baby, but there's been a lot where I've had to recognize it's not a failure. If I don't have this like crazy, amazing, perfect maternity plan where everything under the sun is checked off perfectly. And like, I'm still going to be on social media and doing everything at full capacity, but oh my gosh, it has been challenging to give myself grace on some of that because I still want to go, go, go. Yeah, there's definitely that tension of of wanting to prepare, wanting to be a good little business owner and making sure that everything is set up properly. And there's a lot to be said for doing that and wanting that and trying really hard at that. But I also love the balance between, actually, I'm going to take away the word balance because I've tried to reframe the way that I say that, and it's more like harmony. Like when two very different things can coexist, they make very beautiful notes together. And so I I want to, to reframe that, not balance, not equal parts this, equal parts that, it's things working together. Sometimes one thing is louder than the other, sometimes one thing is more important than the other, but they can still coexist together in harmony. And so I love that you're sharing that and that I think you've done a really good job of that in these last couple of months. Um, obviously, I wish you the best in your the last part of your pregnancy and then as you deliver your sweet new baby. Um, obviously, when everyone hears this, they're going to be like, where can I find Mara? How can I consume more of her content and her expertise? Can you tell everybody where to find you and how to work with you? Yes, absolutely. So I'm sure Jillian and her team who are amazing, will put all of the links in the show notes. I have a podcast that I launched earlier this year. It's called create a better course. And it's all about like all of these online course nuances that I've touched on, like I have a episode that's coming out pretty soon that is all about refunds. And there's like 97 million more things I talk about in there than what we touched on this episode. There's also a lot of just personal 
business life stuff in there. Like I've done a couple of episodes about planning maternity leave that are pretty raw and honest about sharing that I'm not necessarily going to have this magical six month maternity leave because I don't necessarily want that. I am taking a maternity leave, but I'm not taking um, the traditional entrepreneur maternity leave where I am completely off for six months and I have a whole team like supporting me because I'm still a small business owner. And then I also just talk about growing a business. So I've got some episodes on money and getting to six figures and some of the more challenging things about that. So the podcast has all of the things. And then also on my website, which is marakasarik.com, just go click the link. Thanks to my husband. My last name is impossible to spell or pronounce. (laughs) So I'm always like, just click it. That's a mindset issue I've had to get over of I can be successful and still have a weird last name that no one can pronounce if you read it. Um, but my I love web- that that's a mindset issue. <laughs> it is. I really had to get over it. It's funny. It took me um, three. I've been married for 10 years. It took me three years to change my last name because it used to be Davidson, which everyone can pronounce. Yeah, easy peasy. They can spell it. And already Mara, M-A-R-A. All the time I get people like, oh, it's Maria. There's a U in it. All, all sorts of stuff. So I was like, if I add on this last name, no one's going to know how to pronounce it. And I do get people who sometimes email me and they're like, you must be in Europe. Your last name is Czech. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not in Europe. I don't speak Czech. <laughs> it's just my husband's family is from their generations ago. So website has my blog. I have a ton of free resources and like quizzes to help you choose the right online course software. I have checklists about creating your course. As Jillian shared, I really love educating people. Before I was in my business, I was a middle school English teacher. And before that, I worked in corporate designing courses for large companies. So it totally makes sense that this is what my business is like and that I like helping other people and educating them and teaching them. I think you're a great teacher too. There's something about the way that you deliver information that is consumable and digestible. And it's like not, it's not too out of our realm. I feel like you make it consumable for us. So I'm so grateful that you shared all of that. I know that you also have a template shop coming up um, and should be launching sometime late September-ish. I don't know that there's a specific date for that yet, but I'll make sure that there are links in the show notes so that everyone who is interested in that can um, get access to it and get on Mara's list for when that goes live. Mara, thank you so much for being here and carving some time out to chat with everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this was so helpful to both VAs who are looking to support their CEOs and then also CEOs who are feeling frustrated and they've had a course idea for months, maybe years, and you need a little bit of push that it's okay to get some support creating a course is a ton of work. It's more work than I think a lot of people talk about. It's great. It's beautiful. I don't want to scare you, but having support is going to make the whole thing so much easier. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, friends, that's it for this episode. I'm so grateful you're here and would love to connect with you. After you subscribe to the show, come hang out with me on Instagram at Jillian Dalberry. See you there.